Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I failed, now what? Okay, I failed, now what? And I believe that um, many people are not reaching their potential. God-given potential, their ability to be successful in this life because of failure. So what I want to do is I want to help us understand uh, failure, uh, not only in the natural, but the spiritual and the Bible. Um, As you know, the scripture doesn't hold back. It literally writes down everybody's failures. And I believe there's a reason for that. Number one is, is it's truth. If you're going to write something true, you're going to have failures because no one's perfect. No one. Most biographies and history and so on and so forth, you don't, you don't hear all the, all the ugly. You just hear all the good. You, you read biographies that people write about, you know, people they, they look up to or whatever. It's all perfect, all good. And we know that's not reality and we know it's not true. Uh, we like to hear it, if you know, especially if we like the person. If we don't like the person, we want it to be bad. But the truth of the matter is, is if we're going to have an autobiography written about any one of us, it's going to be filled with stuff that we're very embarrassed about, that we don't want to talk about. And I'm sure Abraham, you know, just the father of our faith, you know, there's that one area where he sold his wife to save his skin. I mean, here it is, the beginning of of this great uh, people of Israel, and the father of this beginning is like going, here, take my wife, I'll give you 200 bucks, 200 bucks, she's yours. And, And that's scripture, that's in there. And he does it more than once, by the way. And even his son does it to his wife. Yeah, crazy, huh? So it's filled with all kinds of things that show us that uh, people are going to fail. People are going to miss it. But, you know, I know we can amen that and, you know, and, and nod our heads, but I need you to hear it again. It's filled with this. And it's something that we need to look at. We need to realize that because in this scripture are people that have overcome, that have, you know, got to a position of success, that were beneficial to us being here today. But they failed. And when we look at that, we, on the outward, can deal with it in the right way, but when it's our own lives, we tend to want to give up. We want to quit. We don't want to keep moving on, especially if we've done the failure more than once. And we assume, we believe that because of that, that we can't get over this hump. We can't win. And it's not true. It's the farthest thing from truth. If you're really going to investigate failure, and I want you to only because I believe a lot of you aren't going to that next level because you have failed. I know there are men that, that you know, you've, you've, you've made mistakes. I'm not saying your wives are perfect, but you've screwed up. And ultimately, you get to the place where you fail so many times that even when your heart's going, come on, 
You can do this. You, you, your attitude is, is I've failed too many times. And I can understand that and I can see it and I can, I can, I can grasp what you're feeling and experiencing. But the truth of the matter is, is there isn't a, an amount of failure that should ever qualify, disqualify you from life. Ever. Because ultimately, if we're going to research failure and we look at people's lives that have made great success or have made billions of dollars, you'll see countless hundreds, even thousands of times of them failing. But there's something different about what they were doing and what we do. See, they're failing and it is a personal failure because they're the ones that are inventing. They're the ones that are creating. They're the ones that are laying their dreams, their hopes, their vision before them, and they're failing. But they, they're able to get up and keep moving forward. And I believe that's the issue with, with all of us in the sense that we lose sight of definition, proper definition of words because it becomes so close to home, tied to our identity, tied to our self-image. You can turn to your neighbor right now and you don't need to and you can see imperfection. And I can tell you right now, I don't care where you turn your head, you're not gonna see perfection. I know we like to think that even with our children. Like right there, I guarantee you. Eddie's going, my child's perfect. And he's screaming in the service. Now if he was perfect, he would not be screaming in the service. But do you see what I'm saying? In other words, we can look at our children and go, that is perfection. But y'all know it isn't perfection. It's your heart, it's your attitude, but we can't do that with ourselves because we've seen too many ugly in us. And that is my brothers and sisters. That is the whole story of scripture, that you're always gonna see ugly, you're always gonna find ugly. We sing songs that that in the midst of the song, I'm sitting there and I got tears running down my face and not because I'm thinking about how holy Jesus is or how anything in that sense, I'm thinking about it was for us. And I'm like, I, I, come on. I know we get to the place where we're going, oh God, you're so awesome and you're this, but all that awesomeness is about you. And that's, that in itself is freaky. <laughs> That was the hump that I had to get over to have the life I have right now in, the, in my relationship. That hump right there. Once you get over that, woo, you can handle anything. I mean, you're going to have the pressures of life. You're going to have the ups and downs. You're going to have the failures. But I can deal with anything because there is nothing, I mean nothing, can separate me from the love of God. But see, that in itself is a place where you have to get to. That's in Scripture, but you have to get to that place where you, you know that you know that you know. And listen, it's a journey. It didn't happen overnight. It took a long time to get there. A long time, but it's a journey that that I would I would do over and over again. Right. No matter how many times I fell in a hole, yeah. no matter how many times I had to crawl, right. no matter how many times I had to dig my way out, it doesn't matter. It's a journey I do over and over again because I am where I am, yes. and I am who I am by the grace of God. Yes. 
And I'm telling you right now, he has a plan. He has a plan for your life. And it was started before you even came to this earth. That's how much he believes in you. And I just hope that you can get hold of the, the information I'm about to throw down so that you can look at yourself differently on the way out. My heart, my attitude, every single time we have a service, and I agree for it in Spanish and Wednesday, is, is that no one leaves here the same. That they come in here, they leave different. And I mean for the better. That something happens in their heart that gives them whatever is needed to take them up another level in life. I'm not looking for you to sit there and, and ah, my heart's changed. Walk out. I'm just, I, I want something. I don't care what it is. No matter how small, no matter how large, I believe for something. And that's what I believe. That's what I confess. And I've been doing this for a long, long time now. And it won't stop. I believe. I expect. I want you to listen to this. I have successful failures. And, and it's amazing to use those two words together, successful failures. And when I mention a few of these people, you're going to go, how could failure be written by their name? And you look at Thomas Edison... He has over 1,093 patents to his name. You know Thomas Edison, you know? Yeah, exactly. When he was attempting to invent the electric light bulb, he failed over 10,000 times. I know we, 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 we let's, let's say you're not high hundreds in your failure rate. And look how you feel about yourself right now. We're talking about thousands upon thousands of times of failure by himself. Not team, by himself. Over and over and over. And Thomas Edison was not holding this to himself. He was letting people know what he was doing, what he was going to do, what he's expecting to happen. And time and time again, he failed. And this is a quote because of that. I have not failed 10,000 times. I have not failed once. This is amazing. I have succeeded in proving that those 10,000 ways just don't work. Is that awesome? Yeah. To be able to look at a failure and to see it as something different than how we define it as. Because, you know, we don't look at failure as an act. We look at it as a character, which it isn't because it is an act. But we start looking at it in a way that affects our identity, our image. And I'm telling you, I know there's so many in here that... You, you know, we do certain things here. We do Daniel fast or we do fit for life. We do, we do just different things. And many of you don't even start because of failure in the past. And that's the enemy lie that he will hold over your life forever. Because he'll stop you from having success. Nothing tied to success, nothing tied to success has no failure in it. There's going to be failure. If you want to be healthier, there's going to be pain. I'm telling you, 
I don't, I don't care what you're trying to do in the area of health. Even if it's physical uh, aerobics for your, you know, lungs, heart, whatever, it's going to be, there's going to be hell to pay. I'm telling you right now, it is not going to be easy. Your lungs are going to scream. Your heart's going to cry. Your, your muscles are going to burn and say enough's enough. Your tummy, especially when it comes to, you know, Daniel Fast and Fit for Life when we cut, you know, that awesome friend of ours called sugar. And what do we do? We throw fit, we ain't, we're mad, we headaches, all kinds of ugly stuff. And what are you doing? Just being better. Just being better. Right. So if you're looking at your life and you're thinking, you know what? I just want to be a better husband. I just want to be a better wife. I just want to be a better dad. I want to be a better mom. Don't look at your past. Look today. Because that's going to define your future. Look today. Are you hearing me? Don't allow your past. Man, come on. We don't have enough time to stand up and talk about all our failures. You going to let that define you? Because see, today's matter. Right now, this time point right now matters. This is the key to your life right now. If marriages, if, if people, if employees, employers, if everybody could grasp that understanding, life would be so much easier and beneficial, not only to our lives, but other people, amen? J.K. Rowling, anybody know her? All right. Harry Potter fans, anybody out there? Three people? That's amazing. All right. She's one of the most successful authors in history. However, unlike some would might, might believe, Rowling's fame didn't come easy. She was a single mom living on welfare, trying to support her daughter. Took her seven years to write the story, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. When she was finished, all 12 major publishers eh, denied it. Denied it. Is that crazy? You are doing everything you can to get up in life and you're putting everything you have into a book that you believe in. And everybody that matters to make that happen says, ain't good enough, is not good enough. Do you believe that? One publisher near, this is after countless denials, countless failures. She finally goes to one in her country, a small upstart publisher called Brookshire, I believe. Let me see. Bloomsbury, Bloomsbury Publishing. So in 1997, they, they, they accept it and publish only 500 books. Can you imagine how she felt? There's no way in the world she was going, just 500. She probably was going, awesome. Awesome. And in a place where denial, 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 and now this baby publisher, which was just started like 11 years before this, goes, okay, we'll take it. And they published children's stuff. So they published 500 books. Well, fast forward today, the movie and the novel have sold over $15 billion. $15 billion. She is a 
mega, mega multimillionaire, and so are those publishers. With failure laid out before. Is that amazing? That is amazing. We know KFC, Colonel Sanders. Guy had a messed up life, failed at everything, quit school at sixth grade. I mean, this guy, this guy was a mess, but he had a dream. Now, see, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about life, I'm talking about people, and you cannot look at those people and push them aside because they are people. I've not said this is Jesus. These are people that have failed miserably. And in that failure, they continue to do something that we as a church, we as a people, we as followers of Jesus must always do, and that is keep on swimming. Keep pressing in, amen? Keep pressing in. And this guy kept pressing in ultimately to get to a place where his net worth when he passed away is 10 million. KFC is worth $23 billion. How about this one? Vinod Kosla. You're going to go, who, what? Kosla? Vinod Kosla is a legend in Silicon Valley. He had his major monumental failure with a company called Data Dump, and it dumped on him. Every bit of money he had, he lost. Oh, by the way, he's a co-founder of Microsystems, worth he personally is worth 2.5 billion. Failures, failures. Putting everything you have into a specific software and it doesn't work. Down, lose everything. What do we do? Quit, you suck. Isn't that what people do? But what if he did do that? What if Einstein did? What, I mean, what if these people did not press in we wouldn't have these things. Or it might have delayed them. Either way, it's something that you need to pay attention to. Amen? I threw this in here just for Star Wars. Harrison Ford, 24 years old. All the studio execs told him he's never going to make it in this business. Can you imagine that? Harrison Ford, you will never make it in this business. It took him nine years from that statement to finally get into a film called American Graffiti, which they said would never make it. Got in that film and all of a sudden elevated him to Star Wars fame and Indiana Jones fame. Harrison Ford is worth 230 million as far as right now, you know. Yeah, never gonna make it, never amount to anything. And see, I can tell you right now, you can go through all the stories of the Michael Jordans, and we can go on and on and on and on. And, and I guarantee you, there's not enough books to write the amount of stories of people that have failed but continue to move forward and to become successes. It, it's, it's just out there. But we take it so personal and we get our lives so focused in our failures that we can't see success. We can't see the availability for it because of failure that screams so loud in our face. And that's what keeps us back because remember, Proverbs says, as a man or woman processes their thoughts, so are they. And remember, you process your thought on the truths you know. 
I said, you process your thought on the truths you know. That's why the Bible in Romans 12, 2 says, we must renew our minds and to continually renew your mind to these new truths because you're a new creation. And as a new creation, you have a responsibility to learn who you are. You, that's your responsibility. You, listen, you came up on this earth and in this earth, you are being taught who you are. The thing you need to understand is, is all that information that you were getting, you also had to receive it. You're a receiving human being. We receive. And as you're growing up, you're receiving. Truth or no truth, it doesn't matter. It's who you are. And especially in a young age, you don't have the maturity to be able to push something aside. So if a parent says you're a fool, a parent says you're, you're, you're dumb, a parent says you're, you're this or that, you don't have the ability to go, well, you know what, they had a rough day this week, so let's put that aside because I don't agree. With, I, I don't think that's really happening. It doesn't work that way. You're a receiver. And though that could have been it, that could have been the issue, their own lives being so whacked and so filled with low self-esteem. Though they're trying their hardest, they're still operating from their upbringing and you've got failure raising failure. But see, we can't relate to that and all we do is receive that instruction. And what does it do? It creates something that's false. Because that isn't the real you. That's your atmosphere you were brought up in. Thank God for scripture and thank God for Jesus that gives us the ability to become who we're supposed to be from the beginning. Yeah, you're on this earth, not an accident. I don't care what anybody says. There's no such thing as an accidental pregnancy. You guys got that, right? You took health. I mean, that'd be like going, I bumped into someone, I got pregnant. That was, that'd be an accident. Every, you all got that, right? Okay, I'm just, sometimes people are a little freaky in this area. It's like, you need to go back, you know, study health because there's no accidents. There's, there's work that's involved in this thing. So coming on this earth doesn't mean that you're going to be walking in who you are until you make that choice. If I had the ability at two and three years old to do that, then we could have done that but we didn't. And we got, we've got filled this hard drive with so much trash that even when we get to the place of being able to, it's not what we believe. We believe what we've been brought up in. So we got to go through struggles and all kinds of ugly to try to break free, and most people don't. But when we get born again, when we receive Jesus, then we truly, truly have the ability to become who we were supposed to be. And that's the problem because the dilemma is, is we're not, you know, most Christians are going through life and they're still not experiencing it. And so they blame it on God. They blame it on people. They just, it's just something where they start creating doctrines that violate scripture to back up their blame game. And our responsibility is submit to truth not fight it, 
to allow truth to take its place in our lives so that we're not being in a place where we're being robbed of who we really are. I've seen many, many people, many, hundreds upon hundreds of people receive Jesus and become someone different. Not someone the same, but someone different. And I know there are many of you in here that can testify to that, that, yeah, your life's not the same. Is it perfect? No. Do you have messes in your life? Yeah. But you can testify that I'm not that same person that, that came to Jesus. That's a beautiful statement. But don't forget that. Because what God started, he'll complete. I'm telling you right now, that's a, it's, it's the word of God. When he starts something, he completes it. So we have to allow that to happen. Quit, quit sabotaging God's ability to transform your life. Allow it to take place. Believe these words. I know they're going to rock your life. And when you hear stuff that, that totally doesn't line up to who you believe you are, just, just know that God knows you better than you do. Right. So when he says you can and you're going, I never could, just start believing him and then you're going to see what? That you can. And that's what I believe with all my heart. Amen? So we need to continue to press on. We need to understand that failure is a part of success. It's a part of life's journey. No one likes it, but it's a part of life's journey. Amen? We need to, break, we need to press past our past. Failure is not your friend. It's an acquaintance. I got this this morning. I thought it was so beautiful. Failure is not your friend. It's an acquaintance on your, on your road of life to your friend success. It's an acquaintance. So in other words, we don't want failure to become our friends to where we're looking for it all the time. But we do want to know that failure, glad to meet you, but I'm on a different road. And the road is to my real good friend success. And I'll introduce you to them later on. Are you guys listening to me? All right. James 3.2 says this, the Message Bible, all of us make a lot of mistakes. Oh my gosh. If someone doesn't make any mistakes, when he speaks, he would be perfect. He'd be able to control everything he does. And other uh, translations are talking about what comes out of your mouth what the words you speak. Very important to understand because the scripture says a perfect person would be able to control their tongue. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You guys want to know how to become perfect? I, I, I know the truth. You ready? Close your mouths. From this point forward, don't say a word until you die. Okay? Don't say nothing. Don't open your mouth. Don't make a sound. You'll become perfect. Guess what? Ain't going to happen. We're going to say something. Amen? And that's usually what gets us in trouble. Romans 5, verse 3, 4, the living says this. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, failures and mistakes. For we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. And patience develops strength of character. So see, a failure, a, a, a thing that we look at as something traumatic and terrible, if we view it correctly, 
in the eyes of success, we can see it as something different. And what that means is, is you're, listen, I'm not trying to push aside the pain or the, the issue of the failure. What I'm saying is, is recognize it for what it is. You're moving forward, you're trying something. If you're not doing anything, you won't fail other than failure itself. So you got to keep moving forward, amen? Whatever it is, fight for the right to be good at it. Fight for the right to have good. That's what God wants. He wants good in your life. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. We want good in our lives. Well, look at your life and start labeling good, good not good, kind of good, uh, worse, good, and just go through that. And then look at the not goods and go, okay, I need to make them good. Because the not goods, I'm going to tell you right now, are filled with failure. But most of them are, I quit. And they stay that way. But what we do is we define it as a friend and we don't accept change. And we need to change. Yeah, but I've tried. I told her I'd never do it again. I tried, and, and, and I said, I'll, I'll, I'll remember more, and, and, and I'll try, and I'll be a better wife. I'll be a better, I'll be a better this, and I'll be a better that, and I've tried, and tried, and tried, and tried. Okay, good, and? Well, I just, okay, and? See, the reason why most of us quit is we're too concerned about what the other person thinks. And as long as you are that way, you'll never allow yourself to have success. You can't allow that to happen. I'm going ahead of myself because that's one of my understandings of how to overcome failure. In the life of Peter, is he a pebble or is he a rock? Because I tell you right now, I see a pebble in all kinds of failure in his life. If you look at scripture, Luke 5, verse 4, he talks about, I've fished all night, haven't caught a thing. Now, you could look at that in, in a different way and say, I've gone fishing and not caught anything. Anybody here had that? Gone fishing, not caught anything? Okay, that's you. This is a business. This is his business. This is his livelihood. Now we got a whole different story. So you went out fishing because of recreation. You had time off. This is his livelihood. He can't feed his family. What is this saying? Failure. Failure. Are you guys hearing me? Pay attention to scripture and read it correctly. This is his livelihood. And he's not making it. He's a failure. Three times Peter argues that he's the greatest disciple. Three times. I'm the best, I'm the best. Can you imagine Peter in today's time? Think of his trash talking. He's got to be one of the best trash talkers in the world. All right? Peter has a great revelation about the Christ. Jesus said, who do, they, who do men say I am? Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus was like going, bingo, you got it. What comes out of his mouth after that? You don't have to go to the cross. Nah, you ain't going. You ain't going to die. Nah, ain't going to happen. Rebukes Jesus. I mean, he went from good to bad. He went from God speaks to you to 
get behind me, Satan. Can you imagine that? What a life. What a life. What a life. Failure. At the Garden of Gethsemane, soldiers are coming to arrest Jesus. What happened before this? Oh, he couldn't pray with Jesus. He slept. Not one time, two times. Guys, I'm, I, this is important for me. You're my, you're my amigos, right? Come on, pray with me, pray with me. Okay, God. all right, we'll do it. Okay, oh, Lord God, I mean, oh, Lord, uh, Jesus uh, to God. And, um, and we're standing in faith. And, and they're sleeping. The soldiers come out. What does Peter do? He goes to kill one. He cuts the ear off Malchus. I mean, anybody named Malchus deserves his ear cut off, by the way. No. But the thing is, is he wasn't swinging for the ear. He was swinging for the head. But it was dark because, again, you know, Judas is bringing these soldiers out. They've got, they don't have like, you know, a thousand lumen flashlights. You know, they come out with fire. It's dark. And Peter sees them coming, and he's like going, this ain't happening. Takes his sword that he carried with him, and it wasn't conceal and carry. <laughs> and this is one of his disciples. I mean, a lot of, you know, religion paints a fake picture of these guys. Listen, Peter wasn't a wimp. He wasn't sitting there going, we love Jesus. Let's pick the flowers over here, Jesus. No, the dude, the dude was tough. His group was, was aggressive and, and, you know, you've got the different pictures of how they were, how they, they operated around Jesus. They were sometimes really mean. Kids would come and they're like, going, get, them, get them out of here. I mean, they weren't like the, they weren't, let's put it this way. You, you probably wouldn't go to their church if they were pastoring. Get that kid out of there. Just, that kid's crying. Get him out now. I don't want those kids coming in here again. I mean, can you imagine that? No, I can't. I remember years ago, um, I, I heard of my pastor who's with the Lord now, but he said this statement, there's a kid crying in the back. And, you know, and, and, you know, most people are like going, you guys are messing with the word of God. Please tell that child to shut up. And... You can tell people, you know, because people like to do, you know, it's not like, I love you. It's like, are you going to do something about this? And I remember I was, I was sitting near, near the front. I was a youth pastor. And I remember he said this. Because he saw people. The thing is, is, he wasn't reacting. And I think that's probably the most important to see. Because if he's reacting, then you can react. Because it's his house. You know, I go to your house. I'm not going to react any way I want to. I'm going to find out how you're going to react. You throw your feet on the table, I'll throw my feet on the table. <laughs> but if you keep them on the floor, if you put a coaster in your, I'm going to follow your lead. Why? Because it's your house. It's your house. And so I was watching him, and I'm going, wow, he's, he's not doing nothing about it. And I was getting like, it, it, you know, because I'm a young minister and all that. So, you know, I want the word of God and that child. Well, I'm not talking about, it was, ah, ah, it was loud. It wasn't like, you know, quiet loud. It was loud. And he said, 
this is what he said. And I've said this many times over the years. He said, this is so cool. I love this. He said, don't worry about that child crying. He goes, God hears it all the time from y'all. <laughs> I went, oh, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I thought, man, that is good. And then I thought, hey, that's me. <laughs> God, <laughs> God. Anyway, moving right along. I just thought that was the coolest thing. But anyway, we need to, we need to realize that we, you know, we got a lot of failures just like the disciples, amen? A few, years, a few hours later after him getting rebuked, what happens? He denies Jesus three times. No one, no one, no one, I don't care who it is on this planet, will ever fail that big. Unless you personally walk with Jesus for three and a half years at a close, close relationship. Not just the 12, but inner group, inner circle. Unless you've done that, no one is gonna fail that big. No one. Judas failed, but he wasn't in the inner inner. He was doing his religious thing. But, but Peter, I mean, that's a big failure, isn't it? I'd quit too if I was him. And that's what he did. Another failure. He quit the ministry. Once Jesus died, went to the cross, buried, he quit. I'm done. He's off doing his own thing now. Even after the resurrection, he's like, I'm out of this. See, that's the picture of failure. It disengages you from life. He moves back into something that he wasn't good at in the first place. Think about it. I mean, I've seen people do this. I've seen it happen, not in this big of a fashion as far as Peter, but I've seen Christians do it a lot. They just quit, give up, and walk out the door and just let the world have them. You never see them in a good place after that point, ever. It's just their face, their expression, their view. It just becomes so, like, spoiled. And our responsibility is not let the world to engage in our lives. Not let the world to affect us in that way. We face failures and we lose confidence. But we gotta press in, amen? Let me give you some understandings about overcoming the fear of failure. Number one, understand you will fail. That's it. Understand you're gonna fail. Allow yourself to feel disappointment, but not disapproval. Everyone that is successful fails. Everyone. All right? Say, okay, failure, failure, no problem. I got it. And when I start moving in, there's going to be failure. There's going to be failure. I just have to understand that. I failed on this pathway to this church building. I personally failed. Made a wrong decision. Tied up, uh, got tied up in a contract out of emotion out of a, I knew God said it's time to get out of that little building, 
But I heard that and didn't listen to him after that point because I was so, so glad to get out of that building. Oh my gosh. Like I said, my story is, as your pastor, his office was next to a bar that had karaoke all the time. The cigarette smoke would just push through. I put two walls to stop it. And it just, it, the perm, Sally's Beauty Salon, I'd get perm coming in in the middle of the day. I'm not kidding you. This is what I, in my office, and we were there for years. And I'm like going, once God said, it's time to build. I went, yes. So I, I, I found the first closest right there, right on 8th Avenue, Bethany, right there, 8th Avenue, Bethany, that whole corner, that house there, that whole property right there, signed a contract for that. Bam, we were going, this was going to be ours. I'm not even thinking about costs or how are we going to do this. I'm like going, I'm out, done with the bar, done with Sally's. And we went through the process of the due diligence period and it's looking good. Everything we're, we're expecting, but the city hasn't gotten back to us on certain things. So we're like going, this is good. At the end of the due diligence period where the money becomes non-refundable, $10,000, which like some million dollars back then, we go, this is ours. I haven't heard God said this is ours. I haven't, this is just like God said, build time. I'm just going, this is God. We pray over it. We're walking over it. We have a church, you know, celebration over there. I mean, serious. I mean, I'm going gung-ho. Because I know what God's, I know when God speaks. I just, I didn't listen after that point. Failure. Failure, big, big time failure. And it passed the 90 days that we had. And Glenda gets back to us and says, you will have to do the whole corner and redo all the way up to 83rd and Bethany Home Road. This doesn't even make sense. But they were trying to get, they, they literally were saying, you want this property? You're going to have to redo our whole corner for us. This is before all that stuff was out there. It would have cost hundreds and hundreds of thousands. There's no way this could have happened. Other if God said this is the place, but he didn't. And I, I, I went, oh my gosh, we can't do it. So I went to the owner and said, please, you know, we didn't hear, we didn't know. They sprung this on us. And he goes, no, I'm not giving it back. Yeah, I prayed for him to die. No, I didn't. I'm not. Just kidding. I, <laughs> got close to it, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I failed. I failed big time. But it didn't stop me. It didn't stop me. It was tough. It was so tough to know that it was me. I signed the contract. I made the decision. Everybody that's leading is submitted to my belief and what I expect, man, that hurt. I felt like crawling up in a little, you know, hide. And I had to press on. And finally, God said, you ready to build? I went, no. <laughs> and where were you this whole time? And what did he do? He blessed us. He blessed us. 
That's over $1.5 million that was needed to do all this. Brothers and sisters, we're $93,000 away from being debt free. Debt free. Over $1.5 million. 93,000, and we're debt, we're, as a church, we're completely, completely debt free. That is a testimony of God. And when you do it His way, you might look at 93,000 as big. 1.5 million is big. And God took me on this journey. And it was tough to get over that failure. And there were other mistakes. Putting that nursery next to my office was one of them. <laughs> Love the kids, love them. <laughs> hey, you, you, you know, it is what it is, but thank you, Jesus. Number two, get back up. And that's what I did. I had to get back up and we're sitting in a building that was created by love. I mean, I, I, would, say, uh, I would say three quarters of this building was done by Love Life. Three quarters of it. Is that amazing? I mean, that is, that, that's mind-blowing. That is just the most amazing thing. And the certain things that we couldn't do, like HVAC uh, or the block wall, specific things just like that, those type of things. But everything else, we did it. That, that's all God. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. So we got back up, amen? Had to make sure that I pressed forward. Paul said that I don't pay attention to the past, I'm going to today move forward and see what's before me. And that's what all of us should be doing, amen? You fail in, in, in things that you said, I'm gonna change, fail in things that you wanna do, fail in those things, stop yourself, quit thinking about the failure, move forward into the life that, that vision, that dream, that, that, that goal you have. You can do it, I promise you, you can do it. You can do it, amen? You can do it. Philippians 3.13, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. And remember, we talked about that one scripture. Failures build what? Patience and build strong character. You will rise again. Oh, I love that. A righteous man or woman will fall seven times, but they'll get up. They'll get up, amen? You guys are gonna get up with me? All right, get up. No matter what happens to you, get up. Number three, you ever heard of party poopers? Okay, number three, don't listen to success poopers. All right? Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to come out of the woodwork. People love to attack failure. People love to remind you of failure. People love to challenge you because of your failures. You're going to hear more voices that are going to be against you that are for you. Understand that. That is the nature of this world. Bad news is good news. It's crazy, isn't it? People want to hear bad over good. So understand that we don't want to listen to success poopers. They sound like this. I told you, you should have listened to me. Quit while you're ahead. Don't listen to them. Right? Don't listen to them. They are not there to help you. 
they're there to hinder and even hurt you. A good friend, everybody say good friend. A good friend is gonna be with you through thick and thin. When you fail, they're not gonna, they're not gonna make you own up to it, they're gonna make you get over it. They're gonna press you to move forward. A good friend is gonna be someone that's gonna, come on, man, let's go, let's get it done, let's get it done. Those are, listen, you don't have a bunch of them, but when you do get one, hold on tight. Amen, hold on tight. They're not there to just let you fail in life and, and go, that's okay. They're gonna want you to get up and win in life. But they're not gonna rip you. They're not gonna tear your, tear your identity down just because of making a bad decision, amen? So you gotta understand that they're gonna be success poopers and you don't want to, you don't wanna listen to them. Ignore their calls for you to submit to the failure. Just ignore them. You don't need that, amen? People are going to always be there to try to hinder or stop your success. Don't allow it. Number four, use failure as a learning experience. We gotta look at it correctly. Don't take it personally, all right? Don't take it personally. It's a journey. Understand that, it's a journey. Everybody got that? Can you remember, listen, anybody, ride a, anybody learn how to ride a bike? Remember when you started to ride a bike? How awesome were you? No, you, I mean, you sucked, you were terrible. And even with training wheels, you're riding your bike like this. No one's good, starting to walk. Ugly, not perfect. Swimming, remember, you, how many times you almost drowned? learning to swim. Think about it. You weren't out there doing backstroke that first day. You were looking at three foot of water like you could, this is going to do, there's sharks in there. It's a swimming pool. But you were not good at it, were you? Think about what you started and how you act, how you looked, how you felt when you first started something you've never done before. Think about it. And think about now, after the experience of learning, after experience of doing it over and over and over, after experience of the life journey, now how do you feel about it? Think about it. Riding a bike ain't the same as it was before, is it? Swimming isn't the same as it was before, is it? Walking isn't the same before. Everything's changed, but at the beginning, it didn't look too good. Did we all look at you and go, all right, you're not learning. That's it, get off the bike. No bike for you. No swimming for you. Threw you in the water, you sunk, you ain't swimming. Child learning to walk, nope, ain't happening. You're gonna embarrass our family walking like that. Is that what we did in life? Then why do we do it with ourselves? Why do we do it with ourselves? It's like marriages. I mean, how many years have you studied to be a great husband before you got married? How many years did you study to be a great woman, a great wife, character, integrity? How many years did you do that before you said, I do? How many doctrines do you have? Think about it. How many professional licenses do you have for marriage before you said, I do? No, we just jump right into this thing and then we expect it to be perfect. That is 
That's insane. That is stupid. Not awesome stupid. Stupid, stupid. I almost was going to come out and go, oh, you bunch of stupid people. But this present really ruined my whole beginning. Because I knew there were going to be people that might not have been here last Sunday. Or they might have forgot, like my son did when I called him stupid the other day. And he got real, like, like that wasn't normal coming out of my mouth. And he got really a weird feeling. And the girls, it was right there back in the hallway. And the girls were like going, yes, I am. And Daniel was like going, oh, my gosh, I forgot. <laughs> but it was sort of weird to see that. And I felt bad a little bit. And then I go, no, you're stupid. But remember what it meant? Okay, three of you got that. I, last Sunday, I said, stupid is awesome. We're making sounds. All right. Don't cry. No se llore. Everything's good. All right. So we have to allow failure to be a learning experience. Number five, and this last one, even in failure, God is with you and for you. Peter was a screw-up. I mean, a major screw-up. And we, we look at his failures, but I got to look to God. I got to look to the picture of Jesus in the midst of these failures, in the midst of denial. I, I mean, at the greatest time trial of the life of Jesus was at that time where he's about to be pronounced guilty and crucified. And Peter is denying him right out and open, just denying him. I don't know who he is. I don't have a clue. And even curses. And I'm thinking, God, how do you, you can't beat that. That's just the worst of the worst. I mean, that's just, that's ugly. And Jesus comes back on the scene and scripture makes very clear statements of what he does with Peter. And he, it says, and he appeared to Peter right away. Appears to Peter. He gets with Peter. He talks with Peter. He gets around the fire. Where did Jesus, where did Peter deny Jesus around a fire? Where did Jesus have his great conversation with Peter around a fire? Peter openly denies Jesus. Jesus openly accepts him in. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. But when we start looking at it, we pay attention most clo more closely to what is the image we need to see, and that is this. When you fail, I'm going to tell you right now, God isn't going, oh, my God, or oh, my, me. You get that? That's all. No. <laughs> That's crazy. You had God doing that? All right. Pass. So God's with you. He's for you. Scripture says that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That he is on your side. I mean, it's, it's Romans 8.31 says, if God is for you, who can be against you? No one. Psalms 56, 9 says, this I know that God is for me. Psalms 118.6, the Lord is for me. Psalms 124.1 says, the Lord is on my side. I mean, Peter failed numerous times, and Scripture says he's there. He's with you. That's what we have to look at. 
above everything else, I believe, is, is that connection with our relationship with the Father through Jesus. And to be able to understand that when we do fail, we need to be quick to turn around, quick to deal with the failure, quick to, quick to pay attention so that we're just not moving past this thing into another area of maybe repetitive action or a different type of failure. We need to understand that as we're moving towards success, failure comes, but how we deal with it is the key. Can't take it personal. It's a life journey. Can't take it personal. You failed because you're moving, you're acting, you're doing something. Let's continue that journey, amen? Let's make sure we do that. And Jesus ends up saying, you know, do you love me? I want you to feed my lambs. I want you to shepherd my sheep. I want you to feed my sheep. The whole thing is so beautiful because first and foremost, Jesus starts with Peter's name before he started walking with Jesus. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine how Peter felt? Man, you took me right back to where the beginning before I said, I'll follow you. I think that's awesome because it's, he's taking him to the place where he's on a boat and he hasn't said, I'll follow you. He said, I'm unworthy, get away from me. Very important to read the scripture and pay attention to it. And Jesus said to him, before I'll follow you, before I'll serve you, do you love me? Then he said, work for me. I read that and I just think, man, God, you're so good. He didn't say, Daniel, you've been serving me all these years. Do you love me? No, he speaks to Daniel before I received Jesus, when I was worst of the worst. And he said, do you love me? Follow me. And that's what he says to us. You're looking to be better. You're looking to be the best. You're looking to be perfect. You're looking to be without failure. You're looking to the wrong God. It's time to realize that in your imperfections, the worst of the worst, and where we glorify him and we praise him and we sing holy, 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 all that stuff was for you in your worst. Make that be your goosebump because that's how much his love is for you. He has the plan. He's always had a plan. And I need you to understand that there is no failure that can stop that plan except you. Let's move forward. Let's win. Amen. Let's press forward this thing. Let's have victory over these failures. Let's move on and let's see failure as, as, as it is. And that is the past. Did you understand that? Failure is the past. Let's press forward. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth of the word of God. And we have expectation for our lives to move forward into your success. Even when it involves failure, it does not define us as failures. But we're pressing in. We're looking at it in the right way and not allowing ourselves to define our lives over something that we missed or might have not done correctly. Whatever the case may be, we're pressing in and moving forward into your life of success for each and every one of you. You have a great plan for our lives. It's a plan of hope. 
It's a plan of success. It's a plan of impact. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue to move forward and not quit in every area of life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Love you guys. Have a super tremendous day. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.